Welcome to the HR Locker podcast. It's a new year and we would like to take this opportunity to wish all of our listeners a happy and prosperous 2022. We promised you some great content this year and we're delighted to be kicking off the new year with our first fantastic guest, Megan Keeney Anderson. Many of our listeners may know Megan from her days at HubSpot, where she led both product marketing and brand strategy teams as the company scaled to more than 100,000 customers worldwide. But these days, she currently holds the title of CMO at the Wanderlust Group, an outdoor technology company on a mission to get people to spend more time outside. We asked Megan to chat to us about how smaller businesses can compete for talent in an employee-driven marketplace. With many calling it a life-work revolution, COVID has inadvertently brought about a huge work experiment where people have had to juggle home and work life and boundaries became less defined. As a result, we have seen that many employees are now choosing to work for companies willing to offer a more flexible working arrangement that fits better around their home life. Some companies have started to lead the charge on a four-day work week and it seems to have had some positive outcomes. The Wanderlust Group has operated on a four-day work week for the last 18 months. Since shifting to that model, the company has shown some impressive results, growing revenue by 100% year on year. We asked Megan about the practicalities of implementing a four-day work week. Does it help with employer branding when trying to source and attract new talent? And what insights she can give us about the benefits and pitfalls, if any, from a company that has been walking the walk for the last 18 months. This is a great listen for any companies who are thinking of offering a four-day work week. It's packed full of useful information to get you thinking in the right direction. We really hope you enjoy it. So today, I'm delighted to have Megan Keeney-Anderson with us. Um, so Megan, I have followed you um, for the last few years, so I'm really delighted to have you on the podcast. But for those of you who don't stalk you on LinkedIn, um, if you could introduce yourself to us. Sure. Uh, my name is Megan Keeney-Anderson. I'm currently the Chief Marketing Officer at the Wanderlust Group, which is an outdoor technology company made up of different marketplaces to make it easier for people to get outside, whether it's uh, connecting boaters to marinas through DACWA or um, connecting campers to campgrounds through our kind of forthcoming campouts uh, product. We're all about getting people off screens and into the world. So Megan, if um, I suppose if I was talking to you a couple of months ago, I would have been hoping to introduce, I suppose, interviewing about inbound marketing and all those things that I've been following you about. But one of the things I suppose why we reached out is around the four-day work week that Wonderless have um, have introduced. And really yeah. to get your, your feedback about it and talk about from a real person um, perspective of how it works in a company. Because I think at the moment, a lot of companies are grabbing at things um, to make them stand out in the recruitment market. And that's one of the things. And a lot of the time, people don't really know how it works. We've just kind of understood how remote working works. And now we're we're kind of thrown this this other curveball. So um, correct me, but Wonderlust, I think I've introduced the work, the four day work week for about a year and a half an hour or so, is it? Right. Um, so what kind of led your CEO into making that decision to bring in the four-day work week? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's just amazing how much innovation and change has come to the workplace over the last couple of years. I mean, I think everything kind of broke with the pandemic and companies had to very quickly reassess, redefine what it is uh, and what's necessary to get the job done, right? 
Um, and so much like remote work and some of the other innovations that came out of the pandemic, uh, we introduced the four day work week back in May of 2020. And it was because frankly, the, the CEO looked around and everyone was just stretched and overwhelmed. They were, schools were closed where we're located. Uh, and so he had parents who were doing double duty, teaching their kids and also trying to do their day jobs. Uh, there was just a lot of external strain on the team. And so he thought, okay, well, tell you what, like, I want to keep this team healthy and happy and engaged for the long run. And so why don't we, at least for a little bit, drop a day a week um, from the work week and give them a little bit of space and time back to kind of recover. Thought it would be better than like a extra week's vacation or anything like that. And, and figured, you know what, we can take a hit to productivity for a little bit for the sake of the team. What happened was fascinating because not only did they not take a hit to productivity, but what followed was one of the most kind of healthy and productive periods in the company's history. Uh, the following year, uh, Wanderlust Group had grown nearly 100% year over year in revenue. The customer NPS had stayed high the uh, employee MPS had gone up. Retention was really strong with employees in a time when, you know, what, what we kind of jokingly call the great resignation right now in a time when lots of people were leaving their jobs because either their home situation had broken with, with the pandemic or uh, they just, you know, were reevaluating their choices. We lost very few employees over the last year, uh, well below industry rates. And so um, after, uh, I wanna say, uh, my math might be wrong here, but six or seven months of just trying this out uh, and realizing it was a better way for us of working, the, the company decided to make it a standard practice moving forward. And so we've kind of uh, canonized it, if you will, into the way that we work. So when we hire people, we're hiring them into a four day work week. Um, we are, it's a permanent way of work for us now. Now, one of the things when we were prepping for this, Megan, I kind of gave you that side question to say, do you really actually not work the extra day or do you kind of just do work on the sly a little bit? Um, but I think the key, my understanding is that you have to stick to the four day work week for it to work. Yeah, you, you're either doing it or you're not, right? And so, you know, people believe me to varying degrees on this, but like, I do not work on Mondays. Um, our CEO, like uh, our team does not work on Mondays unless there are really extreme circumstances. Like it's an opening day for one of our marinas or there's a, um, you know, a product need or something that comes up unexpectedly. Uh, it's something that we've all really committed to. And we, in, in doing so, we had to change the way that we worked. You couldn't just flip a switch and decide, Hey, we're on a a four day work week now and, and nothing else is going to change because you do have to cram what had been five days worth of work into four days. No extension of hours, uh, no, uh, no sort of wiggle room to, to, to mess that up. Right. But we are fully committed to it. And you can even see in, you know, we use um, Slack for internal messaging at, at the company and you can see in our Slack records, it's, quiet as a mouse on Mondays, and then it pops back up on Tuesdays. Um, we do not schedule meetings. We do not email. I've had the occasional person on my team decide that they want to do something for work on a Monday. 
Um, and my main uh, instruction for them is you can spend, it's your Monday, you can spend it however you want, but I'm not asking you to work. And what I am asking you to do is do not email your teammates, do not send messages. We are offline. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's really been kind of our, our approach across the team. And I think that my fear for a lot of the kind of the SME market at the moment that we're, they're, they're trying to attract talent. It's very difficult because you've got your big, you know, uh, multinationals who are paying huge wages. So we have to look at different ways. So we're offering remote working, which not everybody's offering. We're, so we're trying to, you know, do fun packages. So a lot of companies now are offering four day work week. However, I don't think that those companies are embracing it. It's really just something that they're offering. And I suppose, you know, one of the things we discussed again during the, the, the prep for this, Megan, was that for it to really work, the company has to adapt it as an ethos, really. It's not just lip service that, look, we do four-day work week, but actually over the four days you work 60 hours. You know, like it's not that it's that you've changed your work practice to do your work week in a 32-hour week. Yeah, that's important because without that, that is where you see people kind of seeping into the day off or kind of being four day in name only. Um, You have to evaluate how your operations work today and what room there is to rearrange that um, to make room for a four day work week. We did an audit um, of just like the number of standing meetings that we had and asked ourselves the hard questions about how many of those are actually necessary. And we really like thinned out um, the lion's share of our standing meetings. Um, Cause that's, that's the biggest violator of, of time at work is just a meeting you threw on the calendar two years ago. That's just been, you know, self-perpetuating week after week. Um, so we cleaned out a lot of our meetings. We also changed the way that we communicate, which is actually really necessary, even if you don't do a four-day work week, as we're hiring more remotely and people are in different time zones, you kind of have to do this anyway and get better at asynchronous communication. Um, So every week, our CEO sends a letter or posts a letter to our internal wiki um, on Tuesday morning when he gets in. And that talks about what's the focus for this week, what's on his mind, where are our numbers at, kind of gives everybody a starting place. And then at the end of each week, um, we ask every employee to send in an update of, you know, what happened that week? What were their uh, breakthroughs? Where did they have problems? And we keep that kind of written asynchronous communication going to be able to lose a bunch of meetings. Uh, So we changed that about the way that we work. Uh, We also, you know, our, our Tuesday through Friday are packed, right? We work roughly like nine to five um, in, you know, U.S. time zones. And uh, those nine to five hours are, we make sure that there is enough time for getting work done and they're not fully saturated with meetings or get togethers or what have you. And I think, you know, the key thing with the, if a company is looking at a four-day work week is that it doesn't lend itself to every single job, right? If you're hourly worker, you know, that's not going to work because you're only going to work your, your 32 hours or if you actually are required to be on site or, you know, if so if a company is doing it, it's got to be well-planned and thought of and that productivity isn't going to dip, right? Yeah, I think, you know, we got really lucky because not only 
you know, did, did a four day work week work for the, the type of work that we do. We're, we're a tech company. We do a lot of our work um, on screens. We're with the exception of our customer success team. Um, we don't have a lot of like face-to-face -face meetings with customers. So there were aspects about our job that really lent itself to that. We also though, it's really aligned with our mission. You know, our, our mission is as grandiose as it sounds is to like make the world better by getting people out in it, right? We want people to get off screens and outside into nature. That's what we're trying to create for our customers. And by doing that for our own employees, by giving them time back, we could get them out in the world. We could get them sailing or, you know, volunteering at a local, uh, you know, uh, boating school or what have you. And that naturally enriches our work during the week. Uh, so a lot of things about this just fit our culture, fit the way that we operated, fit us as a business. And that allowed us to really do it in an authentic way. Yeah, I think that this could work for companies of all sizes. I think it could work for all sorts of different industries, but you do have to feel out if, you know, it's the right thing for the way that you operate and for the values that you have as a team. And that's what I think the key is because, you know, I think it's kind of a global phenomenon at the moment is that it's just the great resignation in terms of you're in tech, it's just impossible to hire anybody. And you're looking at packages from multinationals and we're thinking there's no way we can compete with that. Um, so, you know, how do you get, how do you attract people? You know, I guess with your mission and vision, that's important. Um, but I suppose, do you think that flexible working and shorter work weeks is going to be something that attracts people? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, it, you kind of just hit the nail on the head. So for us, we're a smaller brand. We're not as well known as other tech companies. You know, just I'm based in um, in Boston and just up the street, there's Google, there's, you know, Meta Outposts, there's all sorts of larger employer brands that can pay a lot more than we can, you know? I, I think we pay great market rates, but like uh, just to put a plug in, uh, <laughs> come talk to us, come work with us. But, you know, some of the rates have really astronomically grown. Um, and so while we may be able to get close, we may not be able to reach all the way. And so this is a um, another wedge that we can put in there to attract talent. But I will say that like, it's not just the four day work week. It's the whole, you know, if it were just that, it'd just be sort of like a, something we put in there for sizzle. It's sort of like a, a gift of, of sorts that that would fade pretty quickly, right? It is that it's the culture that goes with that. It's a culture that it's a signal that this is a culture that values work and life balance or fit, however you want to call it. Uh, it's a signal that this is a culture that um, believes that time spent away from screens and away from your day-to-day -day makes you, gives, brings you more uh, refreshment to your mind, like uh, makes you better at your day job, that space is healthy and good for work. And so um, I think it's, it's a signal to employees or potential employees about the type of culture they're walking into more so than just like a perk that comes with the job. I'd agree. I, I think so. We do a lot of surveys among our own customers, and the biggest thing that we've seen in regards to great resignation, if that's what you want to call it, is that people aren't moving for money or people aren't moving because 
you know, they they get a fancier job title. They're moving because of a work-life balance, really, or that they're moving to a company who has a, a better vision. I'm seeing people willingly, without a second hesitation, take pay cuts for the sake of remote work yeah. or take pay cuts to work for a company like ours that gives them time back. Time is absolutely more valuable than money for many people in today. I won't say for everybody um, because money is still important, right? But when people are thinking about what their motivators are for taking a role, time back and flexibility to live your life outside of work has become paramount. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, yes, the the pandemic has, has affected everybody in, in different ways. But for me, being at home the last two years, you know, we've always had some form of, some, some form of remote working, but I suppose it it kind of stopped you running on that that track all the time. It kind of made you think, okay, well, you know what? I can actually be home in time for dinner with the kids or I can actually be home in time to bring them to the 500 million different extracurricular activities. Yeah. You know, so it, it kind of, and that time is worth more to me than than anything really, you know, than any big package. And I would encourage people to think about it, not just on the hiring side, but on the retention side as well, because, you know, this is a job that really, works with my life right now. Um, it's, it's a job that has allowed me to have time for my family, have space for myself and my own thoughts and, you know, self-edification. And that is a very hard thing to walk away from, right? And, and to, to leave that to then get back into a rat race or on a treadmill where you're commuting, uh, you know, five days a week and you're physically removed from your family and you're kind of stuck into this, this other style of work. I will think long and hard. <laughs> I'm not saying I will never go back to a five-day work week, but I will think long and hard because that's not just a change in salary. That is a change in the way that your life works. Um, and so I think that's why we've seen, you know, well below average um, churn rates out of our employees. And I think, I wonder what your opinion is, is that it definitely both the remote working and the flexible working, it does sometimes get dominated by people who I suppose have had that 20, you know, when you worked in your twenties and you've worked at Google and it's super fun and, and, you know, you've, you've made that huge social kind of, um, you know, journey in your life. And then you're kind of over that. So now you're happy to stay at home. Whereas I do think that if you're in your twenties, you're missing out and not being in the really cool buzz workplace, but, you know. Yeah. I, I think there's some truth to that. I think that at different stages of your life, you naturally want different things, right? And the challenge of a, of a workplace is you want to create an uh, inclusive, diverse uh, team that is representative of different ages and backgrounds and races and, um, you know, just all sorts of different people. And it's it's hard to create something that, that suits all of the different ways that people want to live and work. Um, and so I, I do, like, I think there are trade-offs to every decision that you make. Uh, that you have to, to take into account. There are clear trade-offs to being remote only. There are trade-offs to being in the office. There are trade-offs to being a four-day work week versus a five-day work week uh, and vice versa. It's, it's worth thinking as a company about what those are and trying to find the right combination of um, factors that make sense for your team and the team that you want to hire down the line. And I think, you know, one of the questions I wanted to go into, which you've already answered is what, what do you think is the perfect workplace? And I just don't think in myself, I don't think there is, it's kind of a combination of where your employees are at 
in their yeah. you know, what suits them, right? Yeah, I mean, I I can point to unhealthy workplaces, um, not by name because I'm not mean, but I can point, you know, I can point to things that don't work and that make a workplace really toxic and and a, a, a tough place to to spend your time. But the nice thing is there there is a huge variety of ways to build a healthy workplace, uh, and I think that you know the things that you need to keep in mind are the things that have always been there, which is like. Can you create a sense of purpose for your employees um, so that they feel like they are part of something that matters and that they're contributing to it in an impactful way? Can you create a workplace that respects the lives that these individuals have outside of work and doesn't tax that too much in whatever way, shape, or form? Maybe you I, you were just telling me about, you know, the rules around uh, in Ireland around not emailing or contacting on weekends or off hours. And that's another way to do this. Um, but so I think like pur- purpose and, and impact, uh, re- respect for their lives outside of work, and certainly compensation and the ability to, you know, giving people the ability to have financial freedom and, and a financial future. Those are all the same things that have always mattered to work. And the ways that we get there may be different today. We may have come up with some new ones out of necessity, you know, in the last couple of years that are showing real promise, but, you know, there's no panacea here. I think you have to kind of think about what is your way as a a company of of hitting on those three points um, and creating the best possible environment for your employees so that you get the best possible work out of them um, for your business. So I was reading an article yesterday in prep for this, and and one of the things came up from a, a company in, in Dublin, and they were had introduced a three day work week, and I was like, oh my gosh, we've gone from we had I didn't really realize we had embraced four day yet. Yeah. <laughs> As I was reading it, I was like, she's like, oh, they do twelve hour days. I was like, okay, so that's not yeah. really a three day work week, it, you know, right? So that's just putting a three day shift pattern. So. I suppose if we go down to the fundamental of, in your opinion, what is the core four-day work week? I mean, we're presumably not increasing hours, pay remains the same, right? Correct. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that I personally think that the right way to do this is if you're going to drop the day, you're doing it because you found enough um, fat in your work week to be able to trim uh, in terms of meetings and excess time and you are just cutting the day. You're not extending hours. You are not making any changes to pay um, because you're paying for outcomes, not for time spent in the seat. You're doing this because you've proven that you can still reach your outcomes and your targets and your goals uh, without having that extra time in the office. So those two things I think are critical. The other one that I will add, and this one's a little bit more debated in the uh, four-day work week community, if you will. Um, I really think that whatever day you pick, could be Friday, could be Monday, could be Wednesday, whatever day you pick, you should pick one day for the whole company. Uh, And I think that because I think that people feel a tremendous amount of of pressure to respond to the vibrations in their phone and the notifications and the email. And if one person is off and we feel this on vacation even, you know, and you see messages flying, you get a feeling like you're missing something or like you're not contributing or something's gonna happen that's gonna be important to your work. And so I think you really have to shut down, you know, the whole company 
Uh, we make one exception for support, which I can explain in a moment, but you really need to choose a day that the whole company agrees and commits to is the, is the day of silence that we're all off. And I think, you know, the key thing at the moment is we're so accessible, right? I mean, my phone being, sorry, my watch bings if I get an email or, you know, God forbid, I don't have my phone on me, my watch goes or my laptop goes, my phone goes so at any opportunity, you can get in touch with me. So, and for me personally, I do find it difficult on, even when I'm on vacation that I'm getting those, those bings, those pings for emails are coming and yeah. there's a little bit of fear of missing out as well. Am I on top of things or not? What am I coming back to? Um, so I think it is, you know, I think I would struggle if everybody else was in the office and I wasn't on that one day, um, which makes sense. Um, what you're trying, really trying to generate here is mental space. Mm -hmm. All sorts of studies about IBM had a great one about the importance of, you know, the ebbs and flows of your mind and to have time where your mind is just off a topic, um, before you dive back into it it's restorative. You come back in stronger. Your ideas are better. You're less, less likely for long-term burnout. So the strategy here is, is not just like, Hey, let's throw a perk out and, and give people pizza on Fridays or an extra day off. It's really like, there's something very constructive about having the mental space built into your week before you dive back into work. Um, and that's frankly, that's why I've, I've loved that we do Mondays as opposed to Fridays because, you know, I've got a, a five-year-old, uh, so my work week is busy, but my weekends with my five-year-old are chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's like, you know, playing with her on the floor, she, her asking me for things, or it's just, it's madness, right? So I'm not getting any mental space on the weekend, but on Monday, she goes to school, work hasn't started yet. And I get a full day to read think, go for walks with my dog, get that mental space. And I've noticed a difference when I come in on Tuesday morning, how alert and sharp and planned I am for the week because of that buffer. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, I don't think I'd know what to do with a full day for myself. But I suppose one of my hobby horses is that, you know, I, I really am anti clocking in from nine to half five, that you're just very present there on the Monday to Friday. And that's all your boss cares about is that you're present. And for me, I think the, the focus on any job or at the end of any week should be the, the productivity. So what was the actual outcome? Um, so for ourselves, like we're very goal orientated in that, you know, yes, goal slip and that's, you know, we're not going to kill anybody over it, but that that's our focus. So presumably on your, your four-day work week, you've got to be even more focused on the productivity, right? Or on your goals. And so do you just sit with everybody once a week to do that? Or how do you kind of plan your, your, your team's week? We're really clear about what the goals are. And we're really good at walking those goals back to the individual outputs that will generate those goals, right? So we've got a company goal for the year. We can then walk that back and say, okay, what does that mean in terms of the number of new customers we're going to need to bring on. Okay. What does that mean in terms of the, I'm in marketing. So in terms of the traffic that's coming to the site and what does that mean in terms of the number of blog posts we'll need to write to get that traffic. Uh, so we're really good at kind of unpacking the goal and getting it down into a place where everybody on the team knows how they contribute and what their outputs and outcomes are. 
And then their week is theirs to figure out the, the Tetris of how do they get that done? And if it doesn't look like they're going to get that done, they need to sound the alarm and, and alert others and, and, you know, figure out a way to get to the output that we need. So um, we put, we've, we do our annual planning around like September um, and, you know, I'm heading into every month really clear with my team about like, okay, what's the, what's the focus for this month that we have to achieve? Um, and, you know, there's, there's a sense of ownership, I think, over all those numbers at every level of the company. Um, so when you guys were thinking of putting in the, the four-day work week, you spoke about it, that you put it in on a trial basis. Was it really just a reaction to pandemic-wise that you pulled back on your 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 goals, I suppose, or you know, were you just surprised that people did it, that the goals were, were still reached? Yeah, we we didn't pull back on the goals. We left the goals in place, and we were kind of mentally okay. I, again, I think that, and this is actually before my time, but again, like I think that the executive team kind of looked at it and looked at the team, and they were like, you know, it's we'll take a little bit of a hit if we need to. Um, but they didn't actively change the goals. They kept the goals where they were um, and they tried it and they exceeded the goals, right? Uh, and it's not that moving to a four-day work week somehow led to them exceeding their goals. It's that dropping to a four-day work week did not impede on their ability to reach those goals. And that's an important distinction because, um, you know, I. I, I wouldn't treat this as like a magic pill that's going to make your team more productive. You said hundred percent in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's just that, you know, there's a lot of fluff in the work week and we don't think that there is because work expands to whatever container you put it in. Um, and we asked the team to get sharper about their prioritization, to get smarter about the way that they worked, to get more, disciplined about when a meeting was necessary or not, and to understand the impact of how they're spending their time. And they rose to the occasion and they did because the incentive was so strong. Everybody wants to keep four day work week going. And even more so now, because I think that as, as we've started to talk about it and people are starting to look to us as a company that does four day work week. Now we're like, oh God, we're a little bit of a role model in this. And so now even more so we want to make it work. So again, when I say that, like, I don't uh, work on Mondays, I, I feel the weight of, you know, I feel guilty if I work on a Monday because, or I would, I would feel guilty if I worked on a Monday because um, I think that is, I want this to work Yes. so much. And I want to reach our goals in the time that we have, because I believe that we can. And so far we have. So, you know, with that laser focus, Megan, are you very system heavy in terms of tech that you're using in terms of project management and things like that, or, you know, is yeah. things easier for you or, or not? We do use project management tools. Um, our marketing team uses Monday. Um, we use, uh, you know, HubSpot and Salesforce. Um, on in terms of like lead generation, uh, I wouldn't say we've we've got more tech than the average company. I think that we just have we rely on those tools and we've integrated them into this strategy. 
Mm -hmm. So it's not, if somebody's thinking of doing it, it's not like they're going to have to go and invest in a fortune and in a new project management software or whatever. It's more about policy changes or practice changes. I think it's more about, again, you can't just, you know, step over a line, decide you're going to do this and change nothing. I think it's more about taking a look at how you operate and less about the technology you use to do that. Um, so I, I think the biggest changes that we made were just, you know, the, the softer systems changes, the, how do we set goals? What are our recurring meetings? Um, how do we communicate as the company gets bigger? What, how do we handle onboarding and, and things like that? Uh, so it's that work process that needs the most thought for this to function. And Megan, I, I definitely, like we've always had some aspect of remote working um, as a company and I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that we would have had this huge adaption of remote working unless COVID, the, the pandemic came basically. Um, and I wonder, is the same thing true for the four day work week in that it's going to be something that's going to be around the fringes for the next few years and it will take a massive shift for it to push it on into place for people. You know, I think it was definitely, I mean, for us, for sure, it came out of the pandemic. I don't know that it would have crossed our mind because I don't think you question that much about the work week or your your the way you operate as a company all that often, right? Unless you're kind of forced to. The five-day work week has been the standard since, you know, the 50s when, when board entry. Yeah, it's, like, it's just, but even then it was like that was dropping from a six-day work week yeah. and no one had ever questioned it. Um, until that point. And so there's usually a spark that makes companies start to look inward and evaluate what about the way they operate, you know, could withstand changing for the, for a better future. And so I think that spark is necessary. I think that what will happen over the next few years is you'll see momentum, right? So the more companies ever, I think when I first discovered this company, this was the only company I knew of that had done a four day work week. Um, partially it is that I wasn't you know, tuned into it and now I'm more tuned into it. But certainly since that time, even just looking at news coverage on this, the number of companies and the variety of companies that are starting to adopt this has really started to build a momentum. Um, and so I think that's the other thing that'll happen is you'll just, you'll see more and more companies doing this and, and doing it well and attracting talent because of it. Um, and you'll start to play around with the idea of, could we do that here? Yeah, I think so too. I think it's definitely something that, you know, because work is really, we now have this work-life blend, like we, we are in people's houses, you know, work isn't, there isn't a clear defined um, separation between work and life anymore that giving back time, I think is, is hugely important. So Megan, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been just wonderful as a guest. I'm wondering if people want to get in contact with you, what is the best way to do that? Other sure. than LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. So this, is, uh, this has been so fun. Thank you so much, Crystal. Uh, so you can find me in all the standard places. Um, I'm on Twitter at um, Meg H. Keeney. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Um, and you can certainly, especially if you're interested in the four-day work week, uh, you're welcome to email me um, at megan at wanderlustgroup.com. 
Uh, and I, you know, depending on how crowded my inbox is, I will try to get back to you as quickly as I can, but I'm happy to share further stories. Um, the final thing I'll say is we wrote up a blog post when, when the four day work week hit a year mark for us that goes through a lot of the um, lessons that we've learned, the way that we structured it, things like how we handle support. Um, and that's a worthy read even before, you know, reaching out to me on email because it may have a lot of the answers in there. That's super. We yeah. might just put a link in with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Get that. So thank you so much, Megan. And we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Check us out at hrlocker.com. The show was hosted by Christelle Rin and produced by Jenny Martin. Subscribe to catch the latest episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you'd like to feature, get in touch by emailing us at marketing at hrlocker.com. You can also follow HR Locker on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.